friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. Esther left the encampment with Tenton when the Chickalores came and they headed off to follow the map. Esther didn't realize that she was the only one who could see the map. But when she asks Gimbal or Araya about it, they tell her they cannot see it. Now she knows the magic has chosen her. And when she feels the book get warm and sees the glow, she pulls it out to see where they are going next. The Magical Book of Dreams, Chapter 20 Esther woke with a start and then immediately regretted moving so quickly. Her back hurt from the most uncomfortable ground she had ever slept on. That wasn't saying much since she hadn't slept on much other than her bed, which she missed almost as much as her mother and stinky brother. She hadn't slept well with recurring nightmares that included her father and chickalores and other scary-looking creatures that she imagined might inhabit the glade. She opened her eyes to see that Araya was awake and standing near the cave entrance. Tenton was nowhere to be seen. Oh, the princess awakes, Araya said with her usual sarcasm. I hope you got your beauty sleep because we may have a long journey ahead. Is it morning? Esther said, slowly getting up and stretching her back. It is, at least what passes for morning in these parts. I'm sure you are more accustomed to seeing the warm sun, but in our realm, it doesn't get much better than this. Here. You need to have something to eat before we leave, Araya said as she passed something hard and unappetizing to Esther. Thanks, Esther said, unsure if her teeth could handle biting on something as hard as the dragon candy her little brother loved eating. Where is Tenton? Tenton left before dawn so the light wouldn't give away his position while he walked through the marshy area. At dawn, we aren't all that stir and move about. The area you walked through is quite defensible, but it's also easy to be seen. And, despite his size, he likes to be stealthy. Esther couldn't imagine it possible that Tenton had much in the way of stealth, or that anyone would dare challenge him. But then, she didn't know what lived in the marsh. I would have liked to have said goodbye before he left, Esther said, as she chewed the hard, sticky food she tried to wash down with water. I'm sure you will cross paths again, that is, if we start moving. After brushing herself off and taking another drink of water, Esther said, so, where are we going? Well, that's up to you, isn't it? You are the one that holds the map and the key. Only you can know. 
If we are to find your father, well, I have a pretty good idea where he might be, but we must rely upon your map. We don't want to go through the trials of the journey ahead, only to find we are in the wrong place, let alone unable to open the doors when we get there. Setting down her bag, Esther took the book out and opened the map that was placed inside. It still glowed warmly, causing shadows on Araya's face, making her look tired and older than her years. Tracing the map with her fingers revealed three points, but only one showed a name, Whispering Glade. Do you know the Whispering Glade? Esther asked. Esther wanted to ask why this was the second place she had been to that had whispering in its name. Yes, does it say how to approach the lake? Araya said with a sigh. It gives an ending path, but no more, no other waypoints. It seems to wind through the marsh until we reach a forest's edge. Great. The Whispering Glade was once a beautiful, serene lake just beyond this place. It's not far, but first, we need to traverse the forest between, or what is left of the forest. We won't be alone either, so we must be very careful. Is nothing easy in this realm? No, the queen makes everything difficult, that is, unless you agree to join her legions of grey. Legends say that the depths of the lake at the Whispering Glade hold the key to understanding hidden truths. So obviously, the map wants you to learn something first. Like what? Esther asked. I don't know. I'm a knight, not a sage. If I was to guess, it's to learn that your legs are too skinny and that you are going to slow me down and get us caught by her marauding guards. Esther and Araya left the relative comfort of their hiding place and started moving in the opposite direction to which Esther came. The early dawn light filtered through the dense fog, causing the area to look even more glum. The marsh was waking up, the air was filled with the sounds of bubbly water from creatures unseen. As they walked through the narrow, well-worn passageways, Esther took one last look at the wetlands, scanning the horizon for signs of someone or something following them. With Araya leading the way, they moved towards the edge of the marsh the paths becoming wider and the ground firmer underfoot, the mud flats giving way to a brown, grassy verge. They had moved quickly. The tall, rocky monoliths were now behind them. Finding a berm in the ground created by what once was a tree, Araya stopped. We will rest here and wait to see if anyone is following us. This ground feels more pleasant to walk on than what we walked on in the marsh. Yes, I'm glad we are out of the whispering wetlands and can enjoy some easier walking, at least for a time. But 
While this area is better underfoot and has few hills, it allows other creatures to intersect with us from many directions. So keep your eyes open. Esther looked at Araya, wondering what kind of person she might have been if she had grown up in Shirewood instead of this monotone place. She would have done well in the kingdom with her obvious strength and bravery. They might have been friends. Esther touched the book in her bag. It felt warm to the touch. What was I supposed to learn when I arrived at the lake? I get the feeling that there is more to this journey than me finding a way to my father, Esther said. I believe so, but it's not my place to say. The elder's job is to sift through legend, magic, and fact. My place is to protect and lead the young people we find to safety. Just as Esther was about to talk, she heard a distant sound and Esther's map started to glow. Get your head down, Araya said, peering over the top of the berm. I can see a herd of Scalix in the distance, and they are coming our way. As Esther huddled quietly under the petrified tree root, trying to hide herself further, the ground around her began to tremble. The vibrations of the approaching Scalix herd sent a shiver of dread through her body. The sound was not soothing, but rather a sinister whisper of scales sliding against one another. This hissing cascade seemed to speak of malice and stealth. Araya grumbled something indistinguishable, but it didn't sound like a happy sound. They are coming straight for us, she hissed. The light from the map started to pulse more urgently. Esther held her breath, praying they would not detect their hiding place. If they see us, you must run. I couldn't leave you, Esther whispered. They were close, almost on top of them. Don't worry about me. Your quest is far more important. If they find us, they will overwhelm us, and all will be lost. The Scalix weren't a loud creature. The delicate patter of their feet was deceptive, belying the chaos they could unleash. Esther held her breath. Until they passed. And the last of them slithered by. The air itself seemed to exhale in relief. We were lucky, Esther said, sweat dripping from her brow. I don't believe in luck. Something led them to be right here, right now, to be so close to us. If they had better senses, they would have found us, Araya said, her fists clenched. But how? It's you. You attract them, Araya said, starting to relax. Look. I don't know what is happening, and no one has been willing to explain much to me since I arrived. All I did was find a book of travels, a travel diary. Then, I followed a map to this place hoping to find my father. That's it. 
It's not my place to tell you, but it has chosen you. The good magic in that map has chosen you, and you will bring about something good. That's all I can say. When we arrive at the lake, perhaps more will be revealed to you. But for now, we must go in case the Scalix double back and see us. Esther wasn't happy with the answer. She got up and followed Araya as they left their hiding place and continued along the brown, grass-like field towards what was supposed to be a forest. As they walked, the ever-present fog started to clear, and the view that stretched before them was one of stark contrasts. Tall, dead trees, looking like the jagged teeth of some great creature, rose toward a sky still heavy with gloomy clouds. The ground underfoot was hard and brown, its grass twisted and writhing, as if frozen in the midst of great upheaval, eternally captured in the throes of an unseen turmoil. Their feet crunched across the surface, making it impossible to be silent as they walked. Araya was constantly alert, looking for any sign that they weren't alone. Walk faster, Esther, she whispered. The trees give us cover, but it also affords others a hiding place. The air held a chill, which felt like no matter how many clothes Esther wore or how hard she walked, it would always cause her to shiver. Other than the sounds of their own feet, howls and shrieks and grunts far in the distance, and the wind, it was silent. They walked in silence for what seemed like a cycle. Then Esther spoke. This is the weirdest forest I have ever seen. It's monochrome, but it's also so quiet. Where are the birds? fairies, insects, or anything. They have all left this place, Raya said. All that is left is what you hear in the distance. Esther's legs were starting to hurt again. How did Araya keep walking so quickly for so long? Looking up towards the sky, Esther noticed that the fog had returned and it was still like it was waiting for something to happen. Her throat hurt. She was parched and needed a drink. I'm sorry, Araya. I need to stop for a moment and have a drink of water. We have been walking so long that we must be very close, but I still need a break. Okay, but quickly. We are at the worst possible location. If we can get through those trees straight ahead, we may have the high ground, which will allow us to see all the way to the lake. Now that they stopped, Esther felt her legs shaking from exertion. Will I ever be as strong as Araya? Esther started gulping down the stale water, trying to quench her thirst. This land was far drier than the marsh, almost like a desert. That water has to last, princess, 
Araya said with an edge to her voice. She still felt thirsty, but the drink made her feel energized. Let's go, Araya. The path ahead doesn't look too bad, but for all these hard stone-like branches that would like nothing better than to try and poke my legs. Ha <laughs> ha, that's the spirit, princess, Araya laughed, taking the lead through a choke point between a group of stone-like trees. Then they heard footsteps to their right. They weren't close, but they moved towards them with a purpose. Araya changed their direction and picked up the pace until they heard more steps to their left. Closer. Heavy steps from something big that didn't seem to mind the sharp branches. Araya changed direction again. What is going on? Esther said, not trying to whisper, as it was obvious that they had been found. We are being trapped is what's going on, Araya said. Then, in a thicket of stone just ahead, there was a low, gurgling sound. A warning. Something was right in front of them, waiting. That doesn't sound very friendly, Esther said. What what do we do? We run. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs>